What up everybody, it's Dan Greer with Leading from the Middle of the Pack coming at you today to talk a little bit about macro leadership. No, that's not micromanaging, it's called macro leadership and I kind of want to break it down for you. So I was going to town the other day and I had this huge realization, actually I was going to town with my wife and kids, my, one, of my old, my, one of my sons was getting a haircut and uh, I kind of drove by this person's house and I just had this epiphany hit me and I was like, oh my gosh. This is like, I went through this whole process and I kind of want to take you through the process that happened. So um, let's break into the theme song. We'll be right back after the intro. The big question is this, how are leaders like us who aren't necessarily in a management position, who go out and get our hands dirty, who are ready to answer their calling from God to lead, who are driven to learn and grow, gain the trust and respect of those around us to actually be heard while not coming across as an authoritative prick? These are the questions, and this is the podcast that will give you the answers. Hi, my name is Dan Greer, and welcome to Leading from the Middle of the Pack. All right, so glad you guys are still here. Glad you're joining us. Super stoked that you're here to learn about macro leadership today. Um, I've been thinking about this a little bit lately, and it hit me, and I was not going to talk about this topic, and I was like, man, I am supposed to talk about this. And so here we are talking about this topic and I, I drove by this person's house and I was like, man, I'm really drawn to people who are super high eye um, whenever it comes to like sales and that kind of stuff. And, and what I mean by super high eye is going through the whole DISC profile, D-I-S-C. D is for like dominance or drive. I is for influential. Um, S is for steadiness. C is for like pays attention to detail, cognitive. Um, there's, there's other description forms as well. Don't get me wrong, but like that's the way I kind of think about them and visualize them in my head. And I think I've already done a podcast on disc. If I haven't, I need to. I would say that I already have, so go back and check it out. Um, anyways, actually, I can tell you what episode it is. Hold on two seconds, and I'll be able to tell you. Disc. I did disc as part of Hiring the Right Person Part 2. So episode 8 um, is where I did disc at. And what I'm going to say is this. Is that if you didn't listen to that episode, go back and listen to it, because disc is huge. Hiring the right person the first time is huge. But anyways, today I want to talk a little bit about macro leadership and, and how it's so much different than micromanaging. And so we've all been told that micromanaging is really, really bad. And I agree. I hate micromanaging. And I am not a micromanager. And and as I drove by this person's house, I was I was like, man, I'm really drawn to this person. And I know that they're high eye because I had them complete a disc profile because they wanted to come work for us. And I chose not to hire them because it was like, man... I've worked with people who are high eye before and I just don't jive with them. And I couldn't figure out why. And so I started going through this in my head. I was like, why don't I get along with people who are super high eye um, on the disc profile? And it was, it was like, I love them. I really like them. They're great people. But why do I, why am I not, why am I drawn to them for business, but not satisfied with them in business as, as a man, as a leader, right? And so I, I kind of got to think about it a little bit and I was like, man, these people are super influential. They are really, really good at getting you to, to like them, and that's what they specialize in. And they're not, they're really genuine, and they're genuinely good people. Most people who are super high eye are extremely genuinely good people. Like, they have a great big heart, and they, they'll do anything for you, and they'll give you the shirt off their back. But they're not, um, if their eye is super, super high, and they don't have a whole lot of D in them, then they're not really driven. And what I mean by that is, is they're the people who, who need to have structure in their life. They're not going to give themselves structure. So the people who are super high D, they give themselves a ton of structure. 
and and like me, I am up at 4.30, 5 o'clock every single morning, and I get up and I get to work right away, and I don't need structure, and I feel bad if I'm not killing it and making huge differences and doing things that are changing the world. And people who are high eye are like, man, today is a great day because I get to sit at home and um, enjoy my day. And, and they want to do stuff. They want to be have a lot of drive. They just don't have that drive instilled in them yet. But my point here is, is like, I couldn't figure out why I didn't like working with people who are such high eye whenever I drove by this person's house. And it was like, okay, so I get that. Um, but why don't I like working with them? Why do I struggle with them as a leader whenever they're underneath me? And the reason I struggle with them is, and this is what I figured out, is that they need somebody to give them discipline. Like not necessarily discipline, but they need somebody that's going to give them guidance every single day. People who are super high eye are really, really good people and great workers, but they need to be told what to do and how to do it. And then they gave me, they, then that led into the epiphany of, oh my gosh, leadership is like making a pie. And I was like, and my wife kind of looked at me and she's like, what are you smiling about over there? And I was like, leadership is like baking a pie. And she goes, you have my attention. <laughs> and I was like, think about it. Like there's with, within leadership, like what makes successful businesses, what makes successful leaders, what makes successful groups and organization is the breakdown of macro leaders within it. Right. And so so like me, I'm a big picture leader. That's what I am. I love looking at the big picture. I love dreaming big. I love thinking big. I love, I love that. It gets me excited. I'm an opener. I love to open a bunch of loops and get really excited about things. And what I need in order to be successful at business and at life is I need macro leaders underneath me who don't necessarily, they see the big picture, but they're not as excited about the big picture, but they're really excited about what they're doing. And, and so this is kind of the way that I broke it down to where that I could understand it because I was sitting there and I was like, man, I'm going to explain this in a way that, that my wife understands. And it's almost Christmas time when this episode is going to air, it's going to be in December. And so that's super exciting. But anyways, it's the time of pies, right? Like Thanksgiving just happened. We've got a whole bunch of food, all this good stuff. So I was like, okay, let's break it down into pies. And so the first one is the big picture leader. So this person is the, is the, is the leader who makes the decision as to what kind of pie we're going to make. Okay. Are we going to have an apple pie, a peach pie, a blueberry pie, a cranberry pie, a pumpkin pie, a, a mincemeat pie? What kind of pie are we going to make? Yeah, I bet you got to Google what a mincemeat pie is now, don't you? Yeah, grandma, my grandma Greer used to make those mincemeat pies and they are super sweet. They're delicious, but mincemeat cookies are better than mincemeat pies. I digress. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyways, but you got to decide what kind of pie you're going to make, right? Banana cream, whatever. And so that's what the big, that's what the leader does. He looks at the big picture leader. He looks at it and he goes, okay, so we're having, um, let's see, we're going to have ham and we're going to have this. Or he says, man, we have an abundance of pumpkins right now. They just all got ripe. We're going to do pumpkin pies. And, and so he's, he or she, they are the person who makes that that big picture decision and they look at everything in order to make it and they go, oh man, we have a gazillion graham crackers that didn't get sold, so we need to make a pie that has a graham cracker crust. What kind of pie has a great graham cracker crust? Okay, we're gonna do cheesecake, right? Which is kind of a pie, but not really a pie. It's called a cake, but it goes in a pie pan, but we're gonna call it a pie for today, right? So 
that's what the big picture leader does. And they look at the they look at the whole big picture and they kind of give direction for where it goes. And then what they do is they allow everybody else on their team to take control of the situation from there and they trust them. And that's the thing. Most big picture leaders are super high D. Their their drive, their dominance is very high. 90s, 98, whatever. They're super high when it comes to D. Um, now the next thing that happens is is we have one leader that leads making the crusts. And what I mean by that is, is like the first thing that happens with a pie is we've got to come up with a pie pan. And then after that, we put a crust in it, right? That's the bottom, whether it's graham cracker, whether it's made out of dough, whatever it is. And so that leader needs to know what kind of pie we're making because if they use a graham cracker crust on uh, apple pie, it's not going to cook correctly, right? Like the filling is going to soak through the crust and it's not going to be yummy. And so that leader needs to know the big picture. They need to know, hey, we're going to make an apple pie. You can't just tell them, go make a crust. Go put it in a pie pan. And then be upset when they show up with a graham cracker crust for an apple pie, right? Like it's not going to work. And so every single leader within the chain needs to know the big picture in order to be successful, but they don't necessarily need decision-making ability in the big picture, right? That way they can do their job successfully the first time. So there's the big picture leader. That's, that's the person who, who determines, they look at the whole, the whole enchilada and they go, okay, this is what we're going to do. But they don't, they don't necessarily get tied up in all the little aspects of it and the minor details of making it happen. And then there's the first one that, you know, picks out the pan and makes the crust. Okay, so that's the first leader. The second leader, they're in charge of the filling. And so they have a team that goes and makes the filling. And, and they need to know everything that comes about as well, like what kind of pie they're supposed to make and what the crust is going to be and what the topping is going to be and what how it's going to be served because they might add extra gelatin to a raspberry pie if it's going to be served by the piece, whereas they may leave it a little bit looser if it's going to be served as a whole pie, right? And so that's the next thing is that, like they need to know what's going on as well. Now, the next set of managers or next set of leaders, I should say, is over the topping. And think about this, like you're you're sitting here and you're going, Dan, the crust is the crust, top and bottom. Well, pumpkin pie doesn't have a crust on the top of it, does it? And neither does cheesecake. But pumpkin pie is served really, really yummy and it's really good with whipped cream. And so they might be able to make the whipped cream, right? And serve it with that after the filling's over. But they need to know what's being, what kind of pie it is and what kind of crust it is and how it's being served. So they know how to do the filling because if you're going to do pumpkin pie, you may put a topping of whipped cream over the entire thing and throw in the freezer or the fridge. Or you may wait until it's served and then put your dollop of whipped cream on top of that after it's in the, in the individual slice format, right? So they need to know how it's going to be served. They need to know what kind of pie it is. They need to know what kind of crust it is so they can make the right topping. And if it's a cheesecake, maybe they want to put a berry topping on the top of it, like strawberries or mixed berries or blueberries. And so they need to know, okay, how are we doing this? Like what kind of cheesecake is it? How, how is it being served? What's the venue? Who's it going to? And so that's that's the whole point is that each one of these macro leaders within the within this or within your organization needs to know what is going on. They need to see the big picture, right? But they're not necessarily involved in deciding the big picture. Okay? Now the last one, the last well, there's two more. The last one is a leader of baking. And and what they do is they go in and they bake the pie. They say, okay, this is a cheesecake. We're gonna bake this at 350 degrees for 22 minutes because we're at 7,000 feet elevation where they go, oh man, 
This is um, this is a blueberry pie, and we're gonna bake this at 375 for 18 minutes because we're at sea level, right? So so they're in and they're in charge of it. And they need to know they need to know what kind of crust it has, what the filling is, what the topping is. Does it need to be pulled out early? Do they need to cook it just a hair longer so it sets up more? Right? They need to know what went on with the filling. They need to know what's going on with the crust on top to bottom so they know what to look for. Okay? And they need to know how it's going to be served. Now, the last leader, they're the ones that are in charge of serving. And they're going to be dishing the pie, cutting it evenly, cutting it in whatever sizes of slices they want. And then they're going to be serving that pie that way. And so they need to know what kind of pie it is. Because if they look at it, they just see a crust on it. There's no insides to it. And they go, oh, yep, this is apple pie. And they sell it as apple pie, but it's actually peach pie. Or it's actually raspberry pie that has a crust in it. Or it's actually pudding pie. Like, we don't know. They don't know until they get into it. And so you, you need to, every, every piece... Every macro leader within your company needs to know the big picture. And we've talked a little bit about this, okay? Is that as a leader, you have to share the vision. As, as the big kahuna, as the major leader, as the visionary, as the, as the big picture leader is what we're calling it here, you've got to share your vision with all of the leaders because guess what? Let's, let's, just, let's just throw a wrench in this for a second. So let's say that everything goes perfectly. Let's start with it all going perfectly. And the big leader comes in and he calls all the other macro leaders and he goes, okay, we're going to build a blueberry pie and they all talk about what kind of crust they're going to have and what kind of filling they're going to have. And, and he explains why they're going to build the type of pie they're going to build and everybody else explains why they're going to do what they do. And, the, and they get down to it and they get it all done and it's all done perfectly, right? Because everybody communicated and it worked out perfectly and the project goes off without a hitch. Same thing whenever you're going to develop software. If you're going to develop software, you have to have a big picture, and then you have to have design, and then you have to have development, and then you have to have beta testing, and then you have to have alpha testing, and then you have to roll it out to the public. And so you've got all these macro leaders, all these different stages that you go through, and they all have to know what they're doing because guess what? If I want to try to sell a product that's all about DOT compliance, like .docs.com is, D-O-T-D-O-C-S.com, shameless plug, not really, I'm not shameless, I'll plug my business all day long, but anyways, if I want to sell that, and I'm trying to sell it to somebody who doesn't even own any trucks, or doesn't even want to run trucks, or doesn't do anything with any trucks, or isn't a business owner, or isn't a safety consultant who's trying to manage DOT compliance for other vehicles, or a bookkeeper who's trying to do it for other companies, like... It does mean no good to try to tell them, oh yeah, the software solves all your problems. It's beautiful. It's going to do everything you want it to do. Because I'm in sales, I don't understand what the software does because I didn't take time to learn about it because the big picture leader didn't tell me what it's doing. But if I'm trying to sell it to somebody who's in safety and I know that it has a learning management system in it where I can do my own courses or build my own courses and build my own tests and allow those to put them up on time basis to where they go to every single employee at a certain interval of time or only employees with certain certain criteria they match like job position or whatever with with within a certain amount of time and so it automates my training system and the way it's delivered and the way it's everything goes with it that right there I could sell that aspect if I know about it to that safety person, right? But I'm not going to be sell, able to sell them on other aspects of it, like billing or driver qualification files or vehicle maintenance. They're not going to care as much about that stuff, but they're really going to care about that learning management system and, and the fact that they can automate their entire training for their entire company, right? And so that's why it's important. That's like a real-life version of what it is outside of the pie. Now, let's talk about this. So I just gave you a small example as to what happens if it doesn't work in real life, right? Like if I'm, if I'm a salesperson and I'm trying to sell dot docs, D-O-T, D-O-C-S, 
talk.com to somebody, .docs.com to somebody, and, I'm, and I don't know what it does. I don't know what it's designed for. I don't know how it works. I'm trying to sell it. I'm trying to sell a trucking software to somebody who sits in an office all day long, who's never sees a truck a day in their life. I'm trying to think of a company like this um, that wouldn't use this software. Hold on. Give me a second. It'll come to me. I know somebody in the world can't use dot docs. Um, man, this is harder than I thought. Landscapers can use it. Construction companies can use it. Medical delivery guys can use it. Waste haulers can use it. Oil haulers can use it. Construction companies can use it. Oh, doctors. Doctors. Until we rebrand it for doctors, stuff can't use dot docs, right? They could use, the, well, actually, they probably could use it if they did it, if we changed it a little bit. But we'd have to change it, right? So let's say that I'm a salesman and I'm trying to sell dot docs to a doctor. That's not going to work, right? It may be the best software in the world. It may be the best solution in the world for them. But it's not going to work for them, right? Because it's not designed for them. But as a salesman, if I don't understand who it's designed for, if I don't understand what it does, then how can I actually do it? So there's a disconnect between the big picture leader and all the other leaders in the sales. There's one disconnect and it ruins it. And now all of a sudden, nobody wants to buy it because we can't get any sales because we're only trying to sell to the medical community. Whereas if we pivoted and tried to sell to construction or landscapers or school buses or cities or counties or airports or fire departments or anybody who has to track document expiration dates for like driver's license anybody who uses any kind of vehicles in their business at all right if we pivot and try to sell to them it's going to be a whole different story and they're actually going to see the use for it and they're going to be like oh my gosh this is amazing but when we're trying to sell it to doctors there's a huge disconnect there okay same thing with this right like whenever we get into this like let's say let's just say let's go back to the pie picture for a minute let's say Let's say that the person baking it thinks they're baking a cheesecake, and so they're going to bake it at 350 degrees for 45 minutes. But really, it's an apple pie, and it needs to be baked at 325 degrees only for 15 minutes. So they set the temperature higher, and they leave it in there longer. And don't quote me on these. If you're a cook and I'm giving you the wrong temperatures, don't, don't send me a bunch of emails being like, Dan, I cooked my pie the way you told me to, and you ruined it. Not, that's not what I care about. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not even looking at recipes. I'm just making up numbers, okay? So don't be like shooting me nasty emails saying, I cooked my pie the way you told me to and ruined. That's not what I'm saying. But anyways, back to the main point here. Now that I've got that out of the road, because I know somebody's going to send me an email on that. Anyways, so let's say that, that the baker, the, ba the macro leader of baking, bakes the pie at the wrong temperature too hot for too long. What happens? They burn it and it tastes like crap. Okay, let's say that the baker bakes at the right temperature, but the person who makes the filling replaces sugar with flour. Is that going to taste good? Or sugar with baking soda? That would be even worse. Or let's say that the person who's making the bottom crust makes a crust for an apple pie when they should be making a crust for a pumpkin pie. Or, or for, for a cobbler, or for a cheesecake, or for lemon bars, or a lemon pie, or whatever. The crusts are all different, and they all have slightly different recipes to them, depending on what's going on top of them. Let's say the person who makes the topping puts whipped cream, Cool Whip, on top of a, uh, oh man, I'm trying to think of a pie that wouldn't be good with Cool Whip on it, on top of a lemon meringue pie, instead of meringue, or maybe they put meringue on top of a pie, on top of a pumpkin pie, right? Do you see why it's important for each macro leader to be in charge of what they're doing. And you see why it's important for the big picture leader, the big kahuna, to really say what they're doing and, and to really 
work together and to get the call that initial get together of all the leaders so that they can work together to make sure that the pie gets built correctly. Each job is important. Every single job is super important whenever you're building that pie. And if in one person, one team can screw it all up if they're not involved in the conversation or if they're not on the same page, right? Maybe they get their orders crossed. Maybe they mess up a little bit. Maybe they, maybe they don't care, right? Maybe you don't have a good leader in charge. And so my point of all this is like, and I'm going to loop back around into the high I people here in a second. I promise it wasn't just a rant that I went on because I passed somebody's house. My point here is that when you get into leadership, it's not just big picture leaders that are important. It's every single leader within the vision that's important. And every single person can be a leader. You don't have to be a, a you don't have to have the title of a leader to be a leader. And that's where this whole podcast comes from. That's what it's all about is that if you don't have the job title of supervisor or manager or team lead or whatever, if your title is not a leader, it doesn't mean that you can't be a leader. Let's say that you're making pie filling and the leader goes, oh, yeah, we're going to be making this and we need four cups of flour. And you look at the recipe and it's supposed to be four cups of sugar. And you go, hey, hey, are you sure that's not four cups of sugar? And the leader goes, I know what I'm talking about. What do you do? Do you like, how do you handle it? Right? You go up to him and you're like, dude, check out the recipe before we get carried away. Like, what kind of pie are we making? Let's make sure we're on the right recipe. Let's triple check. That's a leader. That's somebody leading from the middle of the pack. That's not somebody who's got a title of a leader. That's somebody who's a leader who who probably should be leading the pack, right? But they're in that they're in that first section. They're in that middle section, and they're doing their job, and they're doing great, and they're keeping everybody on track. A leader could be somebody who motivates you in the middle. Hey, let's grab that sugar. I'll help you. Let's go. That's a leader, right? Let me help you, even if it's not their job. If they're in charge of the butter, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll help you back that sugar bag. It's heavy. Let's go, right? That would be... That would be a leader leading from the middle of the pack. And so that would be a macro leader as well. So there are macro leaders throughout an entire company. Now, there are some people who are who think they're leaders or think they want to be leaders, but really they want to be a boss. And that is a whole different podcast for a whole different day. They don't really want to lead. They want to sit back behind with a whip and drive people. Matter of fact, it's kind of funny. I had somebody apply for a job the other day, and, uh, and they applied for a leadership position with us. <laughs> And I had to laugh when I saw their name come up and I was like, oh man, uh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> you are not going to have to be a leader. I can tell you that right now because of the way you act and the way you treat people and what you do. So let's circle this all back into the high eye like I said I would. So after I drove past that person's house and I had this huge epiphany, I sat down and I took a ton of notes on it. And I was so excited about this framework about what it was and how macro leaders were there. And it's not, it's not a micromanager, it's a macro leader and how some people... Um, hate being micromanaged so much that they refuse to be a macro leader. Um, huge difference between a micromanager and a macro leader. A micromanager says, hey, tell me what you do every second of every single day and let me be dictating what you're doing and you better call me before you do anything and if you're going to do this, you got to let me know and if you're going to do that, you got to let me know and just, just, you just stay on the phone with me all day long. That's a, that's a micromanager. Document what you do every 15 minutes of every single day. A micro leader says, hey, why don't you tell me what you did today and give me a game plan for tomorrow. So that way we're all on the same page and we know what's going on. A micro, a macro leader says, hey, this is the big picture. This is where we're going. This is what I've been told. What can we do to get there? How can we make it easier on us to get there? What can I do to help you make it easier? That's a macro leader. Do you understand the difference between a macro leader and a micromanager? 
Some people think they have to be micromanaged. Some people think they have to micromanage others in order to get stuff done. And the reason people micromanage is because they need micromanaged. They, they're not trusting themselves. They, they're not proven to themselves that they can do it so they don't trust anybody else. I know what I'd do if I was alone working at home all day. If I worked remote, I wouldn't do crap 90% of the day. The truth is, is whenever I work at home, I actually beg for these days at home because I get to see my family a couple times throughout the day and go upstairs and get a couple drinks of water and I get to work and it's so fun and so exciting to do what I'm doing and working from where I'm doing working and, and, and get to help people and work with them. And so I'm stoked whenever I get to work from home and I trust my people to work as well. Until you prove that you don't work from home, I'm going to trust you if you're part of my team to work from home or work remotely. That's where high I people come into play is that they need a little bit more macro leadership. They are great leaders and they're great people, but they're not super detail oriented and they need somebody to tell them what to do. And so they need a list of how to do it. And that's what makes them successful. When you have somebody who's super high D, they're super driven, and sometimes they're not successful because they bounce around from shiny object to shiny object, and they start 50 million new things. And when you have somebody who's super high I, sometimes they're not successful because they don't have the drive to get it done, and they still have some shiny object syndrome going on in their super high I. But the difference between high I and high D is that high I doesn't have the self-confidence and so they end up stalling out. Then when you get into high S's, they're slow and steady. And so high S's don't necessarily agree with high D's because high D's are super fast-paced and high I's are super fast-paced. And then high C's are very, very detail-oriented and sometimes they take too long making something perfect before they launch it. They won't put it in the world because it's perfect. They'll wait three or four years to launch a podcast or to launch their product. And they'll miss out on millions and millions of dollars in sales or, or hundreds of people's lives they could have touched or thousands. And so that right there is the lesson I want to teach you today. And that's what I want to talk about is macro leadership, not micromanaging. And you've got to have macro leaders in your business and in your life in order to keep things moving forward. And in order to get there, you need to have somebody who's a big picture leader. If you don't have a big picture, you need to find somebody in your life to help you create a big picture. If you're a macro leader in your life and in your business, look for that big picture and ask them, hey, will you be my mentor? Can I pay you to be my mentor? Can you help me grow? Can you get me on the right path? Can you help move me in the right direction? That right there is what you're after in life. Surrounding yourself with the people who will make a true difference in you. How many times have I said it? If you surround yourself with five drug addicts, you'll become the sixth. And if you surround yourself with five billionaires, you'll become the sixth. Who you're around is who you become. If you sit down all day and binge out on Netflix on your day off and you're not productive, guess what? You're going to be unproductive. But if you bust your butt and you're super productive and you get a lot done and you're around people who get a lot done and you put yourself in those situations to surround yourself with that, you're going to be more productive. But you got to put yourself around those people that are productive one way or another. All right, guys, that's it. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, macro leadership versus micromanager. Remember, you got to have macro leaders in your life. They're super good. Anyways, if you guys liked this podcast, what I'd like you to do is um, tag me. 
take a selfie, tag me, take a screenshot, I don't care, wherever you're listening to it, tag me in it. Um, and then, after you tag me in it, the uh, at Real Dan Greer uh, for Instagram and then Facebook, you gotta look me up, Dan Greer, and LinkedIn, you can find me there as well. I want you to tag me in it, hashtag leading from the middle of the pack, and um, give you a huge shout out. I'll probably comment on it if you tag me in it, it's pretty awesome. And then um, I just really appreciate it. If you guys did like what you got, share it with somebody else, and then subscribe so you keep getting these. All right, guys, that's it. Hope you have a great day. We'll chat later. Bye.